like that. I wanted no part of grown-up trials and tribulations. I wanted no grown-up woman's body either. I wanted to go to school, do my homework, my chores, watch TV, play, and in my spare time, fantasize about mystical places and magical things that come alive in a young girl's mind. I wanted life to stay safe. At age 12, in 1962, a dog would seem so threatened. Hot stop. Mother may I. Kick the can. Jets. I love Jets. Hide and go seek. Red Rover, Red Rover, Ted. All some of the kids in our neighborhood gathered in our backyard to play. Ours was the biggest backyard on the street. Jump rope, red light, green light, marbles, Simon Says. I love those childhood games. In winter, we built snowmen and eagles and made angels in the snow. But my favorite place in the whole wide world to play was in the woods that bordered our family's home. I played there nearly every day with my best friend from second grade, a Sari Graham. She boasted that her name was Africa. She was the only person I knew with an African name. In the summer of 62, a Sarah and I consecrated the clearing in the woods with bird feathers and our own virgin's pee. Our secret place, our sacred place, our place to be alone, to talk, think, and just be girls who pretended to be queens. The clearing in the woods was our kingdom. We were the rulers. This was our land. Girls in power. In 
you'll change the world. He will give up all his comforts. Sleep out in the rain. Yes, I wanted a whole bunch of love. It was 1957 and I was 12, 12 with music, and music said, get ready. The projects, going home, I was ready. In pink. Rich apartments with cold concrete floors. Red clay and floor was coming around in sun sand. Behind patio walls. Red, yellow, blue, and green patio walls. Where we hung white sheets and cotton. And outdoor stairwells are smelled with urine and stone. Projects. A landscape littered with broken cocoa bottles and bad food. Ghost eye of fire to lefty, beating staggered out with flakes of glue around his mouth. Charles and Gary was so cute, but so hot tempered, scared me. Every one of them nasty boys scared the living daylights out of me. But I dated anyway. I was ready. Anyway, every day, I was ready for love, not sex. Not all nasty words sprawled on the sides of buildings and yelled out loud to embarrass somebody. Not tongue kissing, because that sounded entirely too nasty to have anything to do with love. Not slapping and scratching and pulling hair and punching in the stomach, because you really like her but don't have the memories or vocabulary. Love, like mama, bragging about my Love like Miss Lewis next door, boiling myself. Love like my sixth grade teacher saying, "Girl, you know you can do better." The radio love lesson broke my heart. The boys grabbing crotch imagination confused themselves and me. Love was nowhere in sound or sight, but I was looking. Dreaming of hoping for it. everybody told me love was the answer. And I was listening. I was starving. I was looking. A gentle, tender, wide open. Twelve? I cannot remember being twelve. I cannot remember being twelve. Well, it is not that I can't force my memory box. But remembering for me is a hard and painful thing sometimes. When I gave myself permission to remember, something sprang to life inside me that tasted like curry fish and looked like childhood and smelled like sea wood floating on seawater. Something inside of me just snapped back and I was taken ashore to the bay of my girlhood. I did not want to remember what I could never forget. When I was 12 and growing up in Trinidad and Tobago, I had no voice, only eyes. I kept my mouth shut and my eyes wide open. I could see and hear, but I could not feel. I did not want to feel the potpourri of confusion that contaminated my questioning 12-year-old mind. 
When I was 12, growing up with Grandma Sandrine on the Cocoa Estate in a small fishing village called Monson Park, on the western coast of Trinidad, I had no voice, only eyes. I looked out at the world where this old matriarch was in charge of generations of women, of which I am the fourth. Without voice, without words, I watched in silence, grown-up actions. Do as I say, not as I do, or you'll surely get what's coming to you. I watched as the women in my family faded into an oblivion of blue. Blue skies and blue-green seawater when I was 12. When I was 12, I was glad God gave me sea and sky and plenty juicy ripe mangoes and sweet sugar cane to suck on. When I was 12, I wished for so much and got so little, but I survived. I survived the condemnation of being born a girl child in a culture where boys were glorified. I survived on my dreams. I survived on my fantasies. I survived on green coconuts falling from tall, tall trees. I survived. Walking the seaside, looking at the horizon, hoping and praying to go meet my daddy someday. I survived, roaming under the cocoa estate where my great grandparents lived, a cozy cocoon of fruit bearing trees, the smell of darkness and dead leaves, birds whisking and playing among tropical flowers, yellow cocoa pods ready to burst with brightness and scarlet, red, sweet-like cherry. Coffee beans, tangerines, oranges, grapefruit, and sweet, sweet sugar plums when I was 12. When I was 12, I fantasized about a different kind of life for birds. No men, no rum, no swift blows. In my 12-year-old mind, I fantasized living in England or America with my daughter, whose face I could not remember. When I was 12, I survived. By the grace of God who cradled me with love, I survived. Look at me. I'm a woman. I survived. Sarah is my best friend since second grade. She's shorter than me, even though she's older by one year. She's light-skinned and has freckles. She's the only black person I know with freckles. She has curves already, where I'm just straight up and down. Sarah's teaching me to do yoga. Her daddy gave her a book about yoga positions, and Sarah's teaching me to do the lotus. It's hard. It's where you cross your legs and turn your feet upside down in your lap. I don't know how to do it yet, but I'm learning. I love When I grow up, I want to be a teacher. Sometimes, Sarah and me place wool on the attic steps in her house. Her daddy hung a blackboard on the wall going up the stairs. We take turns playing teacher, and sometimes, when I can talk them into it, my brothers will be the students. I love summers most of all. We ride our bikes all over the neighborhood and down to Bailey Park. We pick blackberries in the secret patches and fish for minnows in the pond on the other side of the woods. We tie June bugs to strings and watch them fly in circles like airplanes. 
at night, you catch lightning bugs and close them straight in mason jars until the lights grow dim, and then we let them go. We climb, tree, we climb the trees in the field where Mr. Wright lives and pick apples, peaches, and pears. Salt kills grass or not? Or if that's just mama talking. 
was gone. Mama's beaten and her milk's gone bad. I tried to nurse, but the milk's gone bad. I bite her nipple because I'm hungry. Mama's grieving and her slash is hard. I'm hungry. Mama's crying and her milk's gone bad. My dear diary. I like how that sounds. My dear diary, you know Grandma Sandrine is not really my grandmother. She is Rosita grandmother. And Rosita is Micey's mother. And Micey is my mother. So Grandma Sandrine is really my mother, 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 and not my grandmother at all. Grandma Sandrine is my great-grandmother. Yes, it's too long to say, so everybody say grandma. I'm living with Grandma Sandrine and Pappy Zachary now because Mommy didn't come down to us and come yet. Since Pappy Zachary come up to Laurel Lane and took us, just go. One day, this tall, tall, real dark skinned man walked up to the window and we see his copy, so we opened the door and he took us. No clothes. No books, no nothing. He just take us to live with him and Grandma because somebody lived all the way down San Fernando, south of Trinidad, went to tell Poppy that Mommy not taking care of me, only drinking rum and whoring around and leaving us alone for day and night sometimes. All alone. It's true. But I didn't know something wrong with that. When mommy locked us up and morning come and she's still not home, we just jumped through the window and went. That's when we don't have to go to school. If it's school time, I make some tea for my brother and me and buy two penny house bread or get some baked from the neighbor. And we eat and then go to school. We always eat to school days and get plenty licks. So I'm glad when Pappy come and get us to take us to the grandma's house. I feel glad in you. I went next door to see Mrs. Farrell this afternoon when Mama went to the grocery store. I sure can tell Mama. I'm not allowed at Mrs. Farrell's house without permission. What the? I don't eat Mrs. Farrell's food like Mama said. When I leave, I make sure I'm not bringing any roaches home. Mama see a roach in our house. She'll swear it came from Mrs. Farrell's house and want to know who went over there and who brought it home. Mama thinks Mrs. Farrell's trying to be a weak lady because she's making sod around her house and all. Still, I like Mrs. Farrell and her house. She's got a dark wood table in her hallway with a white drawing on top, like the kind Mama's teaching me to crochet. On the toilet, she's got a picture of Jesus, a cross, and candles. Always oh, she has candles for Fat brown candles, all colors, and in her bedroom, too. Mrs. Farrell's house is dark, except for candlelight, which quiet, kind of smooth. It almost smells like dead flowers and evening with Paris cologne. Mrs. Farrell smells like that, too. She's got all kinds of cans and bottles and stuff on the dresser and her bedroom. She's got oils like lavender and spearmint, rose water and bottles, powders and cans like get-rich-quick powder, and some powder that will help you get love. 
no matter. After Mr. Farrell died, Mark passed three years ago. Mrs. Farrell was sick for a long time, and Mama took care of her. She's still down there. It was so sad when Mrs. Farrell died. Him and Mrs. Farrell got along good. He was an artist. I didn't go to his funeral, though, because it was in Pennsylvania, and I don't like it. And besides, Mama didn't make me go because I was only nine years old. Mr. Farrell was a preacher, same as Mrs. Farrell. So when Mr. Farrell was alive, him and Mrs. Farrell was Reverend and Reverend Farrell. Now, she is Reverend Mrs. Lena Farrell, and she's been living next door longer than we've been living Dear Diary, we got our IQ scores back in school. All my teachers like me. They say I'm smart, especially Miss Peterson. She told everybody she was not sick in front of the whole school and the other teachers and everybody. I'm I guess that's good. I was just smiling and feeling all proud inside. And then I looked around and nobody was looking at me. I thought everybody would be smiling and be saying, look at the teacher's pet. Ain't she something? She's the teacher's pet. She's smug. But everybody was looking at their shoes. Everybody, even Cheryl and Christine, my best friends, were looking for something on the ground. Even the boys seemed like they would have sense enough to want a girl who's nice and smart and the teacher's pet. Nobody. Nobody would show me their eyes. Nobody would agree that I was special and did my homework and got all A's except in arithmetic, where I usually got B's. Everybody. All my classmates looking down at their feet. Ain't nobody looking at me except Virginia Johnson. Looking at me out the corner of her eyes. Her lips poked out like she tired away. Her cheeks full of air like a tight balloon. She's the only one looking at me, rolling her eyes and falling up her fist. Dear Diary, you know what? I take a chance to tell Ann about my menses. Ann doesn't call it menses, though. She says it's her monthly, and that some people call it Miss Mary, or some horse mouth people just say, you on the rag. It's rag, all right. I don't know why I can't just throw it away. Mama say I have to soak them in the pond with soap water and then wash that out and put more soap water and soak them good and put them on the bleach to bleach out the stain so I can wear them again next time. I hate putting my hand in that water. It looked like chicken blood to me. Everybody saying I is a big woman now and since I'm Micey's daughter, I better be careful I don't bring no child home. Every time I have my menses, my belly hurt. And I vomit so much, Miss Reed, the headmistress, sent me home from school. I vomit all the way on the bus. I don't like this menses thing, because when I have it, I can't go bathe in the sea. I am embarrassed. I remember the time the Mincy's diaper fall out in front of all them boys 
because I didn't tie the string and pin in the way mommy tell me to. They laughed and laughed and laughed and I feel so bad. But I just walk on as if nothing happened and that blood clot didn't fall out of me. Next day on the bus, I hear all the girls talking about it and laughing. Why do I have to bleed like that? I don't know. I think Sarah started her period today. We were in the woods, swinging on the tree branch by our legs, hanging upside down like possums, talking like we usually do. I jumped down and was standing on my feet next to her. She was still hanging upside down, telling me one of her horny jokes. That's when I saw it. A red spot in the middle of her Looked like blood to me. I didn't say anything. Just turned my head and laughed. But the joke is funny. I don't take shortcuts by myself no more. Not since I was eight. I was on my way to the store. I had mama's money in my little white straw pocket. I went up the hill behind the shell station where these two boys jumped out of nowhere. One grabbed my pocketbook, but I wouldn't let go. He kept pulling and pulling on it, and I pulled back. I held on tight, because this was Mama's thing. And she had rolled out a list, and I was supposed to bring back her groceries. I couldn't lose her money, so I held on. Held on tight. And the other boy got a broom handle and whacked me across my screen. I screamed. For the first time, I screamed, and folks came running from everywhere. They found me on the ground, crying, screaming, still holding on to my little white pocket. Dear diary, today mommy got mad with me because I didn't change the missus clock. But diary, mommy didn't tell me I had to change the clock every day. I just know Mommy tear up a lot of diapers from the sheet and put them in the box under the bed. I scared because the diaper wet, wet, wet. And I don't want to mess up Mommy's bed since Mommy say I can sleep on the bed and not on the floor since my bed is up. Well, when I get up in the morning, everything wet with blood. I, I so scared Mommy get mad, but she didn't. She just tell me to change it. I change it like Mommy showed me, and it feels so nasty and smells so great. Mommy says because I keep it on two days. But she didn't tell me I had to change it every day. I thought I only had to change it when it folded flat. Sarah did start her period. I was looking for her at her house, and her sister Juliana said Sarah was in the bathroom washing out her bags. I was in the bathroom door and yelled at Sarah, what you doing in there? I could tell she was mad at me for asking what she was doing. I know it's none of my business what somebody else is doing in the bathroom. I just wanted to know if she had started her period, and since we were best friends, I thought she should have told me. 
Anyway, when she came out of the bathroom, she had a wet panties balled up in her hand. Looked like she'd been crying. I asked her why she was washing her panties in the bathroom. She said she started her period, and that means she's a woman now, and she couldn't play in the woods anymore. She looked really sad. I didn't say anything else. Just walked out back with her and left her hair panties on the line. I can't wait to be a grown lady. They look so pretty. They wear high heels and stockings. They have big, soft fur coats like mine. And they carry big, flat pockets. I can't wait till I have me a big old They seem so Mama and them be digging around in their pocketbook and they just rumbling sound. Rumble, rumble, rumble. What do they have in there? Secrets? I want a big old pocketbook to rumble around in and hide secrets like butterscotch, peppermint, juicy fruit, and lipstick. I can't wait till I get to be a grown lady so I can put on me some red lipstick and grow hair under my arm and have a big set of keys and grow some titties so I can wear a big white pointy brazil. You know, dear diary, I'm kind of scared of Grandma Sandra. She called me from playing just so she could tell me to go under the tree and talk to God. All the time she do that. Sometimes she'd give me a calabash and two lines and tell me to go to the bay and bathe. Don't swim, she said. Just take the calabash and pour water over your head and rub yourself with the line real good, even down there. And when you're coming out, just back, back, so. Don't turn your back to the sea because the sea will claim your life. Sometimes Grandma Sandrine tell me to come in the chamber. I scared to go in Grandma Sandrine's chamber because Grandma never opened the window and the bed always smelled of tobacco and smoke. And I scared of the eternal light always burning in the corner. But I go anyway. Grandma say, girl, lift up your dress and open your legs. I do as Grandma say. She take the tin can, the smoking wish, and a wire string and pass it between my legs, back and forth and back and forth. And then she say, turn around, girl. I turn around, and she pass the smoking tin all around me. Then she tell me to step over, step over it three times. I do all that Grandma Sandrine say. I'm real scared. Grandma Sandrine say she's smoking me out to take out life so I don't come out like my mother. But my salt fish don't need smoking out. No, it don't. I didn't play in the woods today. It's not fun to play with not still. She's not allowed since she's supposed to be a woman and all. She don't seem like she's a woman. And don't seem like it's going to be fun to be All by myself today. Didn't know what to do. So I went around that and sat on the floor and started kicking at my toenails, minding my own business. Then Mrs. Carroll came out of the back door. She see me sitting there and tell me, come over here for a minute. I walk over to her yard. When I get there, she looked me straight in the eye and she said, you need to stop hanging around that stair grand. Her nature's up. And she gonna get in trouble if she don't stop asking that. 
I said, yes, ma'am. Look down at my feet. Take my toes. I don't say nothing. Because I don't know what Miss Sarah's talking about. Sarah don't act that to me. And I don't know what she means about the nature Then Miss Sarah said, Sarah Grandy is the most salt people. Now I'm really confused. Salt Peter? I don't know nothing about that. Dear Daddy. There's a lot of boys here Some of them are real cute. And lots of boys say they like me. But you know what? Lots of them. I don't want the one. It's a monster outside. And he's trying to go with me. He asked me for a chance. For real. His name is Monster. And he's short. And dark skin, and he keep following me around. Now I like some short boys, I'm short. And I like some dark skinned boys, I'm dark. But I don't like no mom. He's ugly, and he don't never go to school. He be hanging out with Ray and sniffing glue. I told him I'm not his type. But I got perfect attendance and made all A's last But he keep hanging around my room and mama ain't and telling everybody he my soul. Now everybody laughing at me, talking about monster love Shaquille, Shaquille love monster. I don't love him, monster. Dear Diary, I have good news this time. Today, Mr. Sobro, the headmaster in Point Kamana, our C-School, give me three dollars to sit me down. I'm so glad. When I tell mommy about the exam and I need to hear about it, she says she don't have no damn money for no exam. But Mr. Sobram said he know I can pass the exam for progressive girls school since I write. Now, what I don't like about Mr. Sobram is that every time I go to his office to tell him about the boys beating me up, Mr. Sobram keep me there in his office and says, I do something wrong. And then he gives his time under my uniform and in my contact. I don't understand that. When I leave Mr. Sober's office, I feel so bad. Because if I do something wrong, I never look Mr. Sober in the face, even though he kneeling when he puts his hand under my uniform. I guess he kneeling because I lift him and he has to come down to my sides. I just keep looking straight ahead, as if nothing happened. Sometimes I see his glasses and his brown face when I peek down. Mr. Sobram is a nice guy. Very nice for me because he gave me three dollars to sit the exam. And he says I am a nice little girl, right too. But I don't understand all that other stuff Mr. Sobram do smiling. As if he enjoyed it. Boys are dumb. At least the ones I know, except my brothers, and I try to hardly help them so they won't turn out dumb too. Sarah and I walked to bed in the park every single day. I don't like going down there anymore. Every time we go, there's a whole slew of boys on the basketball court, and we have to walk right past them to get to the school. They start whistling and yelling and talking dumb. Hey, baby, what's your name? Can I go with you? Stupid stuff like that. I hate it. I don't say nothing. Just keep walking back.
different. I could hear people talking, and I knew what they said, but their voices seemed far away. I never knew anybody who died before, except Mr. Sparrow, and he was kind of old. Joanne was only 13. When Joanne first went to the hospital, Mama told me, Joanne Holmes has a brain tumor. Mama looked like she was going to cry when she told me that. I wondered if Mama knew Joanne was going to die.
Well, how does that have three purposes? Mama just wants me to stay out of trouble. She works so hard. Mama don't have to worry about me. I'm scared for her. What are they trying to put their tongue in my mouth? Yeah. But it does feel kind of good when I get in my head. Especially the people who act like Maybe I do want a boyfriend. Dear diary, you know something? Mommy wants me to marry Trevor, but my father writes and say he's not giving no consent because I'm too young and Trevor is a grown mom. Mommy didn't even ask me if I want to marry Trevor. All I want to do is to go meet my father in America, not marry Trevor. Mommy say I pray him. And she not taking care of no damn child. But I don't know about no baby. What mommy talking about? I just turned 12. Mama must have seen them lost growing. When I got home from school today, she had three white training bras. Training bras? For what? I ain't got nothing but lumps. How do I know these lumps are going to breast? How do I know they won't just stop growing? I'm stuck in this body. It's changing on its own. Nothing like that. It's growing lumps instead of breasts and hair in places I've never had hair before. Nothing I can do. Nothing. Mama said, you meet somebody you like, bring him home. Don't bring him over when I'm not home. Let him come out on a Sunday afternoon so I other folks out your business and keep you out of trouble. <laughs> I like Jerry. He from up north somewhere, and he in town staying in the He's so cute. Paper sack tan, got big eyes, so tall. Smiles at me all the time. Got a soft, sweet voice, and kind of quiet. He's the first one I've ever seen. I'm the on a Sunday afternoon, Mom was in the kitchen. We sit on her sofa. Every light in the house is on. And I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to talk about. I don't even know what to think. So we sit here, quiet. I stick my pinky finger in my mouth. He tries to pull out tries to hold my hand, tries to kiss my lips. I put my finger in my mouth. I don't know what else to do. Wonder where mommy taking me this four-day morning. It's not carnival two-four morning. It's too early for Saturday morning market. Only one cock for And I sure it's the four o'clock cock. She whispering so low, telling me to get up and get dressed. I don't know what to put on because I don't know where we go. Sunday, I had a stomach all day. And Mama said I didn't have to go to church or even Sunday school. Bad as my stomach was hurting, church might have been better. Most of the day, I sat in the living room chair with my knees pressed up tight to my chest. They look pitiful, I guess. It hurt too bad to cry or walk or even lay down. Every time one of the boys asked what was wrong with me, Mama told them I had a stomachache and to leave me alone. She said it real soft. 
Like she was selling a secret or something. Then, Monday morning, when I went to the bathroom to get ready for school, there was blood in my panties. Blood! And my stomach still hurt so bad. I hate that big old box. Boys laugh at me. At the 7-Eleven, they laugh at me. If a boy I like saw me, I'd run away from home. The box is so big. I want to hide it, but it's too big. I hate those big old hats. They shake my skin. I'm scared to sit down and scared to stand up. I'm scared to play white. I'm always looking behind me for something red. So...
because mommy taking a market basket. Road is clear, hardly any toxin work, and forget about the bus. Knowing mommy, one of mommy private car man friends will be sure to pick us up. I haven't told anybody yet, not even scary. I probably won't tell anybody. Still want to know myself. When I got home from school today, I went to my room and tried to stay there. I even did my homework in my room and not at the kitchen table like I usually do. Mama didn't say anything except ask me how I felt. I said I feel alright, because I didn't want to talk. Mama made me come out for dinner though, and I had to sit there while she looked at me. It's funny. It made me mad too because everybody else was asking Mama, and I couldn't, because I don't feel normal. says it's okay for girls to cry. Big boys don't cry as well as Real men don't cry as well as If you're a girl and going home, you better not cry. I wonder where we going up this steep hill, and like the sun following us up, coming up over them shops. Like, we'll never reach wherever Mommy takes us. Mommy ain't said a word yet. Not one word itself. Now, when the lady opened the door, all I see is gold teeth when she smiles. Mommy called her name, and then I remember who she was. The lady, Miss Pauline, she's smiling at me, too. She is so nice-looking and light-skinned and have long hair pressed and straight and full box. Mama's sitting next door to Mrs. Farrell's house with some soup. She's sick. I sat there while she ate so I could bring the bowl back home, but I didn't say much. Mrs. Farrell kept teasing me about the cat's walking home. She said it looked like you needed something to cheer me up. I told her, no, ma'am. I didn't need anything but thank you anyway. I wanted to tell her I started my period. Did she work a spell or something to make it go away? But I did. I said, wasn't nothing wrong with me, but I was tired. That's all. Miss Pauline house hardly have any furniture. Only some kitchen chairs and table and the room divided like mommy house. A little kitchen off the side and the galvanized roof and wooden partition with a bit I wonder if it will hurt. Don't cry. They tell me not to cry. We're all on my black and white TV. White ladies cry If you're a brown skin girl, a nappy headed girl, a little black girl, you better not cry. Miss Pauline tell me to take my panty off and lie down on the bed and bend my legs up a little bit. Then she pushed this hard, red, long, thin tube all the way up inside me and cut. Like when you pick a ripe boil with a hot needle. I keep looking at the galvanized roof and not at Miss Pauline. I believe she's still smiling. I'm so surprised. My belly starts to hurt real bad when Miss Pauline tell me to get up from the bed and put my panty back on. I'm checking under all the beds and every closet. I don't know what I'm checking for, but I'm checking. 
If I don't check, I get scared. Scared something bad will happen. Every time my family leaves the house, when we come back home, I check. Bedroom closets, living room closet, mama and daddy's bed, my brother's bed, and mom. Sometimes I try to stop myself because I know it's stupid, and I know it is, but I get scared, so scared. So I check every time. We were sliding down a hill on a flat cardboard box. Having fun. I was six. I slid off and bounced all the way down. Scraped the backs of my thighs and legs. I stood there on the corner alone. A moment later, I limped home. Mama poured alcohol on my wounds. I didn't cry. I know it's not night outside, because the sun up now. I know it's not night, but I still see plenty stars. Straight through the galvanized roof, I see stars. I have to sneak to check under the desk in the closet. I don't want anybody to see me. I don't want anybody to know. They'll think I'm crazy. They will. I have to stop. I have to. What you crying about, they say. I'll give you something to cry about. And they hit you in the stomach. Talk about your mama. Tell you you ain't nothing. Bed and I cry. Mommy come in the bedroom and tell me to sit on the posy. I get off the bed and I sit on the posy. I sit on the posy and nothing happens. Only my belly hurts so bad. Mommy bring a bottle, a solo sweet drink bottle, and tell me to blow in it real hard. I take the bottle and blow hard in it, hard as I can, because I want my belly to stop hurting and the pain to go away. Nothing even helps. Not even the olive oil and cotton grandma sun drink put up in me again, or the ginger tea mommy forced me to drink and not blowing in the solo bottle. Nothing. My belly hurting real bad. Worse now. Mommy said blow again, and I blow. This time, the posy full up with blood, and something funny looking fall out of me. It looked real strange, and my belly stopped hurting for a little bit, but then it starts real soon again when I lie back down on Mommy's bed. Nothing happened. Yesterday, after we got back from the airport, Daddy takes us there sometimes to watch the planes take off and land. Anyway, after we got home, I made up my mind. No more checking under the beds and in the closet. So I went straight to my room, quick, changed my clothes, got in bed, pulled the covers tight around my neck, and lay there stiff, stiff and scared, hardly breathing. I thought I was going to throw up, but I didn't. And when I woke up this morning, guess what? Nothing bad happened. The good cry, the big cry, the happy cry, tears of joy, not on Yates Drive, not in my house on Little Circle. You better not cry. Now, next thing I know, 
Mr. Sam and Mr. Vincent lifting me up from my bed and taking me outside. It's so dark outside, and I only in my tear-up dress I sleep in. Next thing I know, I in the hospital, and Mommy standing over me, looking scared and worried, like Mommy leaving me here. I never stay in the hospital before. Now I started twisting my wrist like this. I don't know why. It's another bad habit, I guess. I can't help it, and I can't stop it. Mama hates it. Tells me to stop it and looks so scared and worried. I'm scared and worried, too. Pulling out my eyelashes and the hair out of my head, strand by strand, I feel so ashamed. I look so ugly. I hate the way I look. Maybe I am going crazy. You were running. Red Stewart now had BBs on and they were behind us. They were running after us, aiming their BB guns at us. My heart was beating out of my chest. Don't let them get us. Oh, please, don't let them shoot us. Running as fast as I could, running and screaming, trying to get away, and then I heard a pie out, like a clap of thunder, like a pop of lightning, throbbing like a hot knife in my butt. I kept going. I did not cry. The lady in the next bed said to me, how old is you, child? Twelve years, I say. And the lady say, Child, if I was your mother, I'd never do that to you. Better she let you have the baby and go back to school instead of putting you through this hell. Some mothers, hey, and she keeps shaking, she head. I wonder what she mean by all that. I feel bad. And I feel bad for mommy too, because now the lady looks so sad, so sad looking at me. <laughs> and she don't even know me. It's then I know mommy make me do something wrong. And that is why I am the slip and slide ward of Porto Spain General Hospital. I feel so shame. I feel shame there's a ball spot on the top of my head that's bleeding. Mama started taking me to the doctor to find out what's wrong. I won't tell her I'm pulling my hair out, and I don't know why I can't make myself stop. I want to tell her, and I want her to tell me that everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Trevor comes to see me and bring me ice cream. He looks so sorry, and I see him cry. He say, Dows, why your mother do that for? I can't answer him. I don't know what to say. She want me to go meet my father, I guess. And I can't go with no baby to America when he's ready to sing for me. I don't understand. This doesn't feel like the love I'm looking for. It feels good when they touch my hair. Say I'm cute, hold my hand and smile at me. I want them to smile at me and hold me and be my friends and be my brothers. I want them to love me, but I don't think they can. Dear diary, after all that, I still so sad. I'm still waiting on my father to send for me. 
And when I think of winning my scholarship with the three dollars and some software even when I didn't have books, I could still go to school because I was going free. And then Miss Reed, the headmistress, with her fast self, telling me I can't stay in school or she can't keep me in school. Well, something like that. Because I was in the hospital in the slip and slide ward. Because I threw away a baby. What fastness? She know all the old pain I had to eat up and hold in and not ball down the place like a scared cat and have mommy look at me with them big, big worried eyes, solent and angry. As if me lying there in the hospital bleeding to death is my fault and not because she threw away my baby. Sometimes, sometimes I see so much I don't understand. So much I don't understand at all. I don't hardly go outside anymore. Not even to play. Nothing's fun, really. All I want to do is stay in my room by myself. Mama's worried about me, I can tell. I feel bad for her, but I don't know what to say or do. I wish she'd stop worrying, leave me alone. I wish everybody would leave me alone. Every night, I pray to God to help me stop going crazy. So far, I don't think God is listening. I'm not nice. They think I'm nice. I'm not. I jump off chairs, I run in the house, I break dishes, and won't eat no squash. I take a minute to get this out. Everybody thinks I'm quiet. I'm not quiet. I get cussed loud. And I ain't smiling when I want to cry. Folks think I'm shy. I just talk to the people I like. And when a boy knocks on my door, I act like I ain't don't none of these boys act right. How am I gonna ever fall in love? Anybody got good sense? But I do. I remember everything I've learned. I'm not quiet. I'm not nice. But I'm good. And God gives me new songs. I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, Lord. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I am not fine. I am a good girl. I can be happy, and I can smile, see? Big, wide, and happy. Even when mommy stoops and say, what you have to be happy about? I am not sorry. I just want to go and meet my daddy. I am not blind, and I am not deaf. I am not dumb. I am a good girl. I can see. I can hear, and I remember everything, even things I shouldn't know. I am not rude, and boys scare me. I'm not looking for trouble. 
I pitch marbles, pelt mangoes, bathe in the sea, walk under the cocoa. I am a good girl. Yes, I can speak. I do have a voice, you know. And I'm not crazy either. I'm not mean or moody. I don't care what they say. I'm mad. I'm mad because brothers think they know what they're talking about when they don't. How can they tell me act like a lady? I'm a woman now. Keep your pants up and your dress down, all because I have a period. I'm 12 years old. I'm not a woman. I've never worn my pants down or my dress up, and I'm not going to. What are they talking about? When I grow up, I'm not going to be like you. I'm not going to be serious and sad and miserable all the time and work, work, work. That's not the most important thing, you know. I'm going to have fun. I'll walk barefoot in mud holes and swish it through my toes. I'll wear my hair wild all over my head with clothes that don't match. I'll ride the roller coaster a hundred times in a row if I want to, if I want to, and won't care if I have to stand in the line for an hour each time. I'll talk to lightning bugs and butterflies and bees, and I'll sing with the birds just like I do now. I'll climb trees when I'm old and hold buttercups under my chin. I'll daydream every single day for as long as I want, and nobody can stop me. And another thing, if I don't know something, I'm not going to act like I do just because I'm a grown-up. No, I'm not crazy. I just want to have fun. And I won't stop playing, even when I'm a full-grown 